anyone. Then they went to the UK and they found us. So wow. I've worked with real life cannibals. What? Yeah. And what exactly did you... This episode is sponsored by Magic Mind. More about it later on. Uh, in today's podcast, we have Jason Leonidis, a digital marketing expert, yep, yep. mentor, and you have worked with for the biggest company, uh, marketing companies in the UK and a lot of other stuff. So yep. uh, feel free to let the people know who you are, what you do. Yeah, so my name is Jason. I've been into digital marketing for, for more than a decade now. I have always been agency side, so I've worked for some and with some and in some of the biggest agencies in the UK, which, if you ask me, is the leading market, the number one country in the world in terms of digital marketing because the technologies and everything that comes out of the UK is quite, quite forward thinking. Um, and I have worked with some of the biggest brands in the world because of that. So I've worked mm. with um, Hilton. I've worked with uh, OnlyFans. I've worked with uh, Britain's Next Top Model. Spoiler alert, it's fake. Like, I can tell you all about that. <laughs> um, and, and in general, like, uh, very big brands. Like, I can tell you horror stories as well. Like, marketing is, is exciting, let's say. Awesome. Yeah, I want to horror stories about all of this yeah yeah, yeah. Um, the first question i ask everyone uh, in this podcast is what's your goal and how far do you think you're from getting there so what's your distance from your destination so in terms of goal I, as a person i prefer to think in like short-term goals and mm -hmm. what i mean when i'm saying short-term goals i mean like five years because you never know like, like, like the pandemic came and completely like destroyed everyone's plans and everyone's mm -hmm. goals and everything. You never know. So I try to plan towards something that I know I can achieve. And if I work towards it now, I can achieve it. So what my goal is, like I could tell, tell you like the cheesy things like everyone, like um, financial independence and all that. But that, that's, that's what everyone wants. So mm -hmm. instead, I'm going to tell you like what I want to do within the next five years. And that would be to have like a marketing agency that specializes with bridging the gap between China and Western countries. So that's what I'm aiming for. That's what I'm, I want to achieve. So I think there is a very, very big market opportunity there because 1.5 billion people and the biggest economy on the planet. And I want to take advantage of that. Mm, sounds interesting. Yeah. I actually had another guest in this podcast that wanted to do a similar thing with branding. So maybe I can connect you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, branding needs a lot of help in China and Asia mm. in general, because I don't know if you've seen any Japanese brands, their branding is something. <laughs> yeah, true. I think like it takes more to, like even in Greece, I think in the past years, in terms of design, it was like way back in terms of like um, the quality of design. Like most people didn't even know what branding is. and it's the last years that it starts coming uh, more and more. So I think it's the same with Asia. Oh, absolutely. Especially in Greece um, and, and, and other countries as well. But it happened earlier in the UK, but mm -hmm. now it's happening in Greece as well. It's the fact that the younger people are coming into the industry and the mm -hmm. younger people, like they are more, you know, like they, they know about the internet, let's say. Let's start from that. And they understand the importance of storytelling 
and creating like like a persona for your business. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, Ryanair, they don't do any advertising, do they? Nothing. But they are a brand. And like the moment you see their colors, you know Mm -hmm. they are uh, Ryanair. Mm -hmm. And of course, the, the mother of all like marketing and all of branding, Apple. Like the moment you see their colors, like oh, the products, you know it's them. And they have achieved that through storytelling and not, not, not through like weird designs or anything like that. Because mm-hmm. their designs are very simple. Yeah, yeah. They have a powerful branding, actually. Exactly. Um, like a backstory. It's um, funny because I met you through a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember how many years ago. It was four or five, something like that. And um, so the first time I met you, I just heard your voice through a call because you were in the UK and I was in Greece. And you invited me to your podcast. You're actually the first person that I met that had their yeah. own podcast. You did it like way in the beginning. Uh, Feta. Feta Report. Feta Report, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you invited me there to talk about Netflix, which I was starting working back then. Um, and I remember that because if we had video in this podcast, I will be like, I don't want to do that. Like <laughs> even audio only, I was like very scared to do it. And now I'm inviting you to my podcast. So it's very weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Podcasts are a way of like sharing, sharing knowledge and inspiring people. Mm-hmm. And we are Greeks and we are in Greece and... I, I honestly think that this country needed some inspiration and because there are a lot of success stories and there is a lot of good vibes out there that people needed to know about. So we wanted to create something to, to share that, share the love sort of thing. Mm. So yeah, they are the best. Podcasts are the perfect medium for that. You are from Greece. You have been in the UK for many years. Yeah. Back in Greece. Now, I know that tomorrow you're flying back to the UK, so... What's going on? <laughs> um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm multinational. I'm, I'm Mr. International. Me and uh, what's his name, the singer? Oh. Uh, what's his name? My brain froze now. Anyway, uh, Mr. Worldwide, Mr. Mm-hmm. Worldwide. Um, so I was in the UK for more than a decade. I, I went there for my master's degree, and then I ended up staying and working there. I found my first job in digital marketing. Funny story, I never thought I would go into digital marketing. I oh, always okay. wanted to be a developer. So I always liked computers yeah. because when I was a kid, I loved pressing the buttons on the elevator. And what else has buttons? <laughs> Keyboards. So I ended up becoming a computer <laughs> geek. And um, I studied development. So my undergraduate degree was on computer science. So in theory, I'm a developer. Mm. But then I absolutely hated code. And that resulted me into going in more into the UX side of things and how to convince people to buy things and do things through the internet. So I landed my first job as a digital marketer. Mm-hmm. I stayed there in Nottingham for more than a decade. And then just before the pandemic, I said, well, if I'm going to be trapped in a country, once I saw that the lockdowns were coming, it better be a country with good food and sunshine. So I just came back. Mm, okay, interesting. Yeah. And now you're flying to China. Uh, you're traveling there next month or something like that? In May. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So now I'm still working for a UK business. So mm-hmm. that means I'm flying like Greece to UK like once per month okay. still. So I'm like always with a suitcase in my hand sort of thing. And then I want to go to China. I'm going to China in Shanghai in May. 
I do have some contacts there. And as I said, my goal is to have a business one day that breaches that gap between China and mm. the West. So I said, well, um, yeah, yeah. Like, let's let's go. Let's meet some people. Let's have some nice food there as well. Mm-hmm. It's going to be vacation. I'm not going to lie. It's like the main purpose of it is to go on vacation. But yeah, why not? Some Are you going to have it. your laptop with you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you're going to work? <laughs> I'm actually going to work. So um, I'm going there for about three and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. One week out of those, I'm actually going to be working full time. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, basically you're a digital nomad. You're traveling. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've had I've had huge debates with some <laughs> friends of mine about what a digital nomad is because <laughs> if you ask me, a digital nomad is someone that works in an industry or in a job. Like yeah, their 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 employment is not location dependent. <laughs> so that means that if tomorrow you wanna leave and you wanna go, I don't know, Indonesia or like anywhere, anywhere. France, Germany, and work from there for a month, for a week, for a day, doesn't matter, you can do it. No one and nothing is stopping you. Mm -hmm. In my eyes, that's what a digital nomad is. But I've had huge debates and um, friends of mine saying, no, that's not a digital nomad is. A digital nomad is someone that is actually going to the places. So the debate was, is it the ability to travel or the Mm -hmm. fact that you're traveling that makes you a digital nomad? What's, What's your take on that? I never thought about it. Uh, I agree that the term should be like, yeah, you're working remotely, so doesn't matter. Like, I chose to live in Greece, for example, and I'm traveling around Greece or something like that. I, I'm, and uh, yeah, I don't think it matters like um, so much about the location. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I never thought about it. Like, even for me, it's weird to call myself a digital nomad. I don't know why. <laughs> But, but you uh, are. Yeah, but yeah. That's the thing. You are. When you're a freelancer, when you, mm-hmm. like, at least my opinion, mm-hmm. when your employment or, like, your living situation doesn't force you to stay in one place, mm-hmm. you're a digital nomad because you're working in a digital industry. So graphic design, video editing, digital marketing, all that's mm-hmm. digital. So the fact that you can just stand up tomorrow, go anywhere, and work from anywhere, that means you're a digital nomad. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't, I don't think that you actually need like to be traveling every single month to be a digital nomad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. definitely agree with that, for sure. And yeah, it's actually it's um, interesting because before we started the podcast, you actually had the mentor uh, call, and it was like very interesting because you just had your laptop and you yeah. could work just be- before we started the podcast. So. It- Exactly, yeah. exactly. No that's, limitations. That's, that's the good thing. Like you can have your laptop and basically your, your office is your laptop. And mm-hmm. any, anywhere you can go with your laptop, that's where you can work from. And uh, yeah, it's um, in terms of like, of like the mentoring, that's like the, my, my, my side gig in a, mm-hmm. in a way, like my side hustle, um, which let me tell you the story, how mm-hmm. it all started. Yeah, because yeah. I think it's, it's quite, quite interesting. So... I've, as I said, I've been in agencies for almost a, more than a decade now. And a few years back, like six, seven, eight years ago, like I started going into management positions. And management positions come along with the fact that you have to have employees under you mm-hmm. and to be the line manager. Um, and there are two different types of managers. There are the managers that they are a manager because the company told them and they, they think now that suddenly they became a manager. They, they, they are they, they, they're, they're God. Not the thing that they own the universe. And there is the second type, which actually helps and tries to, you know, foster like partnership and like foster like good, good, like 
um, you know, a good working environment within their company. Mm-hmm. I want to believe I'm the second. And the feedback I've had from people that I've worked with is that I'm the second. So at that point, I started basically, whenever, uh, like all the employees that were under me, I would like, well, the first thing I would tell them, for example, is that if I ever feel that you should leave the company and you should go somewhere else, I will tell you. I will never put the company's profits or the company's like uh, what, what's good for the company mm-hmm. above what's good for you as a person because you're human and I want to have a very good relationship with you and what I don't want to be done to me, I will never do it to you. Mm-hmm. So that resulted in quite a few people. I was telling them like, you can stay, but I can tell you, you're not going to get a pay rise because that's, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. Like I know for a fact that they're not going to give you a pay rise or that there is no career progression for you in this business. Mm -hmm. So the best thing for you right now would be to to start looking to go somewhere else. It would, like, it happened. And people left and they they went and they thrived and I have very good connections with them still today. And they've said to me, like, thank you. What you did helped me, like, make that next step, like, Mm -hmm. help me trust my own skill set to do something more. Which to me, like, every time someone said me something like that, it made me warm, feel warm and fuzzy inside. So I really liked it. So I had that, like I, I was doing that at work. And mm-hmm. then um, when I came back to Greece, um, I was doing like I had the startup with some courses and all that. And um, the person I was working with at the time, he decided to start doing private lessons. And I said, well, if he can do private lessons, I can definitely do private lessons, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So I started looking online, like, are there like any, any private lesson websites, like any, any, you know, mentorships, things like that, like, because I thought of myself as a mentor. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, can I coach someone? Can I mentor someone? And then I found a website called Mentor Cruise. Mm-hmm. I onboarded myself there. It took like a couple of months to go through all the tests because and all that. And then after that, I started having um, students. I don't like calling them students. Like mentees is the, mm-hmm. uh, the official term. But in a yeah. way, they are, they are students. And since then, like I have now about nine, ten mentees mm-hmm. and it's growing. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, I like what you said about the company and how you handle it. I, I like the transparency. And I would love to have someone like that tell me like, exactly what it is and how it is and yeah i think if everyone could do that it will be like a more healthy relationship with uh with that absolutely absolutely i am the kind of person that i have struggled with mental health in the past i had panic attacks it's it's it was really bad mm-hmm. and i i promised myself because i was unlucky and in the very first job i ever had was in a digital marketing agency up in Nottingham. It was awful. It was by far the most toxic work environment I have ever been in. And I was unlucky, lucky and unlucky, but unlucky because it was the very first job I ever had. So I learned that this is the normal, uh, but lucky at the same time because I knew what to avoid from the get-go. Yeah, so exactly. I didn't have like to, to be surprised later on. Mm. Um, and then at that point, like after everything that happened in that job, like I promised to myself, I'll never, ever be involved in anything like this. And I will never, ever do to anyone else what they did to me. Mm-hmm. So that, that, I think that made me a better person mm-hmm. as a whole. Like I appreciate others more and I don't see them as, a, as an employee or as a number or as a capacity to do work. 
um, which unfortunately is not the case, I would say, for the majority of like CEOs, business owners, and things like that. Because yeah. I, I can understand their point of view because at the end of the day, they're making an investment and they want to make sure they make sure they make money. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But they they tend to forget that behind the revenue, behind the job, it's like it's a person with feelings. Yeah. So seeing people as humans is important. Otherwise, like you're not gonna be successful. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree. I think the most important thing about the company is that like the um, you call it the mentality, the um, way of thinking. Yeah, I don't remember the word right now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, definitely agree. Um, so how it's going with like the mentoring thing, what's the goal with that? Where do you think it's going to get you? So when, okay, let's, let's take a step back Mm -hmm. when, when talking about mentoring, like there is the, it's, it's what I'm doing, but there are unfortunately a lot of people on the internet that they're selling mentoring services or like scams in a way mm-hmm. that claim to be like oh i'm gonna teach you how to do this and you're gonna become a millionaire mm-hmm. and uh, there are a lot of them so andrew tate is one of them like mm-hmm. we're gonna get spammed by his army now but <laughs> i i strongly believe that he's one of them because mm-hmm. like he has what's called the hustler university basically there you pay 50 dollars a month and you get access to some courses that teach you how to do copywriting mm-hmm. wow and then they, the claim is that do this, subscribe, do what they tell you in that course, like be a copywriter, basically, in a way. They have more, like they have stock options, crypto, a lot of different things, but mm. there is one about like being a copywriter. And they claim you're going to become a millionaire by becoming a copywriter. That's not going to happen. And I know that because that's literally the industry I'm in. Mean. Like I have, I've had multiple copywriters work in my teams. Mm. They were not making good money. Because it's like copywriters, I would even dare say it's one of the lowest paid roles in digital marketing and marketing in general. So it's not, it's not a way to, reach, to get rich fast. <clears throat> so I could tell you, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get hundreds of people. I'm going to create a course and I'm going to teach them and I'm going to make them millionaires. No, <laughs> no. Um, the other, the other very common thing is like there, you can see a lot of people like they book whole conference centers and they invite people to pay like a few thousands even to go and attend and do like a TEDx type mm. of talks and things like that. That's also not what I want to do. I would say the goal is to keep doing this mm-hmm. as long as I can mm-hmm. and help as many people as I can, because mm-hmm. that's, that's the main reason. Yes, I get paid to do it. I'm not going to hide mm-hmm. that fact. Um, but at the same time, it's quite rewarding to help people and I'm going to help continue helping people as long as I can. If it gets to a point that I can make more money from this than I can do from my main job, then I would quit my main job and then go full time to have more capacity. Mm -hmm. But the goal is the same. It's not to become a millionaire. It's not to make others millionaires. Mm -hmm. It's to help people with what they want to achieve. That's, That's the goal. Yeah. Thank you actually for bringing this first because i think it clears up a little bit what people think about mentoring uh because yeah as you said there is a lot out there claiming that you're gonna be a millionaire it's gonna i don't know i think like most people that buy this they want to believe in that like you can immediately see that this scam like yeah yeah like someone with a fancy car on instagram telling you that you can do the same i mean (laughs) i don't have a fancy car (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like yeah, you you need to be like realistic. I think. Absolutely. Yeah, this is like weird. Yeah. Yeah, mentoring, what mentoring is, like if if you ask me like, what is mentoring? I Mm -hmm. would say is being basically a a resource for the people, for your mentees. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, the reason for such a service, for for the need for such a service to exist is that in a lot of workplaces, if not most workplaces, there isn't a person that fulfills this role. So. You see a lot of people in entry-level jobs, like juniors, like even consultant-level, like low um, junior or mid-level roles, mm-hmm. that they are growing, they are they are learning, they are trying to do their best to to be their best self, mm-hmm. and there is no one in the business that can guide them on how to achieve that or how to do that, because like like that brings us back to what I said about the different types of managers. If you're the type of manager that only sees the person as a capacity and as someone to do tasks. You're not gonna help them grow. You're not gonna. You're not gonna give them anything. Feed them yeah. information, and that results in not like those people, like the ones that wanna thrive and they wanna do better, to search to find that information, find that person outside the organization, and this could be a friend that has more years of experience, or like a family friend, like a relative, or if you if you don't have anyone, mm-hmm. there are services just like. Like yeah. the one I mentioned, like mentor yeah. cruise that can provide a mentor to you. Mm. Like you pay for a monthly subscription, basically. And how I see myself is almost like as if it, I was the manager, their manager, the line manager. I can help them with their job, help them solve situations at work. Like there have been people that told me, oh, I had a fight with my line manager. I said, okay, mm-hmm. let's talk it out. Like what happened? What is the situation? What should you do next? Mm-hmm. Because another thing that a lot of people have, having a lot of trouble with and it's a big challenge for them is like managing those corporate the corporate environment and mm-hmm. how like i want a raise how should i get a raise or uh, my manager is giving me so much work that i have to stay over time like uh, work until eight o'clock at night every day how do i stop that mm-hmm. and they don't know how to manage that yeah, so yeah. that's where i come in and i help them deal with all those problems yeah um basically you can give them the honest truth but even like even if their manager could do that for them, it's like still their manager, but you are like outside of that circle, I would say. So you can give them like honesty and um, Abs- help them, like really help them. Absolutely, absolutely. Because the, 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 the well, my, my USP or like, like the real benefit that I have over like their manager is like I'm someone that's outside of the organization. I have years of experience working with like senior leadership teams, working mm-hmm. with like boards of directors, so I know how they think. And ninety percent of the time, the situation is the same. It's like like a carbon copy, no mm-hmm. matter the company. So I can give them all that experience, and I can help them. Like like, it's almost like like the TikTok trend. Like I did it, so you don't have to. Like mm-hmm. I've been through those things, so you don't have to. And I can I can share that experience with them. Mm. And to be fair, it's almost like kind of cheating. It's mm-hmm. cheating, like because I have juniors, but I've 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 been with them for about like I've we've I've been they've been at my mentee for over a year now, and now mm-hmm. the junior I originally had went on to from being like a junior entry level kind of um, person at their agency to almost starting their own agency right now, mm-hmm. because instead of ha- of having to go through the hurdles and having to go through those problems and like like learning the hard way. I tell them what to do, and it's like like having a walkthrough. Like it's like mm-hmm. playing a video game with the walkthrough and the cheat code. So it yeah, does yeah, yeah. help a lot. 
Yeah, basically they're taking your experience and your knowledge of things and just skipping some steps and going like over that meet leveling up quicker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of one of the things that I love the most is like whenever they want to go into either salary negotiations or things like that. And um, I tell them what to do, what to say, what to write down in mm-hmm. their like yearly reviews and things like that. And they come back to me and they say, oh, my boss was surprised. I didn't expect that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, of course they didn't expect it. Because I'm giving them all the inside information and all the, the tricks, basically. What should you do mm-hmm. in order to get what you want? And the managers, they never expect like a junior to know those things because they are trade secrets in mm-hmm. a way. So mm-hmm. it's literally having, it's like having a cheat code. Another thing that I do in my podcast, I'm asking three fast random questions. I'm going to ask you three fast random questions and you can answer with whatever pops in your mind first. Okay. Um, before I do the first question, I just want to mention that when you, like after, I think it was after a year you started mentoring and you started making some real money yeah. out of that. You sent me a, a photo on Messenger with your new PC that you built with the money that you yeah, made yeah, yeah, from yeah. mentoring. Uh, I know that you haven't built a PC back then because you moved, uh, but when you do build it back up, what's your favorite game like there? Ooh, that's a difficult one. Well, there is Space Marine 2 coming out. Yeah, like I really oh. look forward to that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, unfortunately, I was an avid gamer, but not anymore because <laughs> I don't have the time. Okay. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about this game like is it the gameplay is that i played space marine one mm-hmm. and i love I, I'm, I'm a big warhammer fan so okay. i love the lore i love the the graphics i love the gameplay i just loved everything about it like if you were to ask me like what is your favorite game of all time that would go up there along with civilization and mm. some real real time 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 black holes as a designer and content creator I'm always trying to find ways to stay energized and focused. If you know me, you know that I don't drink coffee. And what I like about Magic Mind is that the energy that it will give you, it's not like caffeine that it's going to give you a boost and then drop out on you. It's going to give you that energy and stay with you for the whole day. There's so many ingredients in that small bottle that I cannot even remember them, but you know, the top of them are like matcha, nootropics, all the vitamins that you need, and they're all organic and natural. During the past weeks, I have seen an improvement on my focus and productivity during the day. So if you're looking for ways to have more energy, stay focused, and reduce stress without sacrificing your health, then I definitely recommend Magic Mind. If you want to try out the little magic elixir for yourself, then you can use my special link, magicmind.com slash distance to destination, the name of the podcast basically. And with my code distance20, you will get a huge 56% discount if you apply it in the first 10 days. The link will be an affiliate link. So by helping yourself, you're also helping me create more content like this one. Next one. Uh, if money was not an object, so you don't have to... Think about taxes in a specific country and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this is why I'm asking this one. Where you will live, which country, place? Uh, Japan, Tokyo. Oh, Japan. Yeah, like I no, think you you have been to Japan. I've right? been I've been to Japan, and that's that's exactly why I'm saying Japan, Tokyo, mm-hmm. um, because Japan is by far the best 
country in the world, if you ask me. And I'm not saying that from like, oh, he loves anime. Like, I haven't watched anime in many years. Like, that's not why I'm saying this. I love the food. I love the Mm -hmm. culture. I love Mm -hmm. the people. And it was so clean, so organized. Everything was perfect. And, And the Japanese people, they put so much love and appreciation in everything they do. Mm-hmm. So even if you go in the tiniest restaurant, tiniest ramen shop, which is literally two chairs in a hole in the wall, like you're going to have the best food ever. And you can see that I like food. So yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Like my, my, my wife is Chinese. She's from China. Mm-hmm. But still, I wouldn't say China. I would say Japan, Tokyo. Okay. Yeah, I think different, big difference between China and Japan and not I think huge. Mm-hmm. They are they are different. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, they are different. Uh, but I would say it's not that different as in like um the different the gap is not as big as like saying the Greek culture and the Japanese culture. Oh okay. like they are very close to each other. Okay. Like the, the core is yeah. the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I noticed that in Vietnam that they didn't like if you wanted to be to get into a store or something, you needed to remove your shoes. And I, I thought that was only Japanese, and then I realized like the it's culture Asian. is like Asian. Yeah, it's Asian. Everyone. Uh, I think my favorite fact about Japan is that they don't have cars in the streets. Like you can see photos from there, and every photo is beautiful because there is no cars parked anywhere. <laughs> they they have parking. Like all the buildings have parking. So mm-hmm. the, and they there are some parked cars. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but it's nothing like in Greece, for example, yeah, yeah. where. Yeah, don't even get me started in cars in Greece. <laughs> I'm gonna go there later yeah. on. I'm gonna ask you the third question and then. Okay, okay. Um, so, third one is what's the most common reason for people failing or quitting? The, so, within within a work environment, the mm-hmm. managers, mm-hmm. or within like general life, I would say they're a social circle. Mm. Because when someone has a dream and when someone wants to do something within a business, like when you want to do better and make more stuff, that sort of thing, your manager is going to shut you down. Most of the time, the managers are going to shut you down because they don't want you to go after their job. Mm -hmm. They don't want you asking for more money. So they basically want you to do the maximum amount of work that you can with the least amount of money. So your managers, your CEOs, owners, they're going to shut you down. Like most of the time. And I'm not, pro- I've done it like every single time. And not because I wanted to, but because the company couldn't afford. Mm-hmm. And that's when I would also tell the people, well, you're not going to get a promotion. You're not going to get a pay rise, but so you need to leave. You need to go somewhere else. Because mm-hmm. I like, unfortunately, it cannot happen where you are. What was the reaction of people when you tell them that? They never expect it. They never mm-hmm. expect it. But that's like, that's, that's when the real trust between mm. them and you forms because they know that you're going to have their back. And there have been multiple situations where I've had the backs of, of employees in my team because I knew that they were doing their best. Even if they make something, some mistakes or if they do something wrong, it's, they didn't do it intentionally. They always come from a good place. Mm-hmm. So instead of like telling them like, oh, I'm going to reprimand you because you made a mistake, like I use the mistake to teach them how to do it correctly. Mm-hmm. And that's that's... That's how you can get them to trust you, and that's how you can get them to perform. Mm-hmm. Because the happier an employee is, the, big, the more, the better they're going to be feeling, and their performance is going to yeah, be better. Exactly. Because you'll find that you can achieve the exact same thing. Let's say you want, as a manager, mm-hmm. you want someone to work overtime, and you want them to work every day until 8 p.m. There are two ways you can achieve the same thing. 
Mm-hmm. One way is you can force them and they hate you. You can still force them. You don't you do it or I fire you. You can do it. You achieve it. Or you can you you sit with them, you also work until 8 p.m. Like you you, you mm-hmm. win their trust and you be a leader instead of a boss. Mm-hmm. And you're in the trenches with them, and they still they stay because they want to help you. So they stay, they do the same thing. So you have achieved the exact same thing, but how they feel towards it is completely different. So it's up to you as a manager how you deal with that. And then just so, so we don't like go away from the, the question you had, like um, why people fail within life in general, not the work environment, is that because, especially I would say in Greece, it's quite prominent in Greece, but it's a Western thing in general, and mm-hmm. I will explain why. People around you don't necessarily want to see you succeed because seeing you succeed it's not it's not their envy you it's not about envy is seeing you succeed reminds them that they didn't succeed so when when they see you do something that you're passionate about and you do it very very well they it's going to make them feel insecure so it's going to make them feel like am i not good enough is he better than me what have i done wrong mm-hmm. and because they, it's extremely difficult for people to you know to do a retrospect and look in the mirror and see what they have done wrong and fix it they can do it but it's difficult they always choose to bring you down instead of bringing themselves up and it's quite common it's very common in greece like almost everywhere it's i would say it's a western culture characteristic because in asian cultures it's not like that in asian cultures if they see someone succeeding even a tiny little bit like the whole village, like everyone gets together to help that person push them up so they can succeed so he can then later pull them up with him. Mm-hmm. It's a very different approach. That's, yeah, mentally, like the culture of that, it's so different. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, so and I've cool. seen it, like it's a very common characteristic of Japan. It's a very common characteristic in China as well. That's why like you can see even like Japanese and Asian communities in the West, in the UK, for example, they tend to do quite well because that, 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 I know it's going to derail it a little bit, but with uh, communities in, in, in the UK and foreign countries in general, you'll see all the Greeks, they, they are together, like Greeks and Cypriots, they go together, all the Germans go together, all the Asians, mm-hmm. like the Chinese go together, all the Japanese go together. When Greeks go together, they basically say, oh, how friends, how good friends they are, and then they're going to stab you in the back, and they're going to steal your job. That's how it works. Mm. Chinese, on the other hand, as I said, if someone like, has, has a restaurant, like, they're going to bring all of their friends to that restaurant to help mm. them make the restaurant more successful. They're going to leave good reviews. Like, they do everything they can to help that person because when that person then becomes rich and has a very successful chain of restaurants because of how, all that help, they're going to say, okay, my son uh, wants a job. Can you hire him? Mm. Or like, uh, I helped you. Like, can you now help do this for, for my business? Mm-hmm. And they help each other. Mm-hmm. And they, as a community, become better and better and better and stronger and richer and more powerful. And that's like, it's not, it's not, it's, it's not by chance that China became the number one global economy in the world. Well, literally... 40 years ago, they didn't have bottled water. <laughs> so it's, it's, not, it's not by chance. Yeah, that's crazy. Man, I think like the most important thing um, in a company is their, their culture. So I'm really waiting for you to succeed, succeed and create your company. I, I, 
definitely yeah. want to see like the culture you're gonna have there because I think it's gonna be awesome and the employees are gonna be very happy. <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope so. I strive for that. How far do you think you're from getting there to get your goal? Like, if you from zero to ten, for example, where do you think you're standing right now? I would say at like four, mm -hmm. and okay. I would say four because getting a company and starting a company needs quite quite a lot of things in terms of skill sets i have skill set mm -hmm. i have the skill set i also have like a quite big network of like uh, people i know that could do help me with like web development or like design or this or that like i have like a freelancer network that can mm -hmm. help me do the work i want to be doing um also uh, my wife as i said she's chinese so she's part of the culture she can speak chinese so she can help find clients in china Mm -hmm. um, so that's done as well. But then there is the whole like, structure, like setting up the business, uh, getting the licenses, finding the clients, uh, like having a presence as a business. It's the, it's the admin side of it that's holding me back and finding the clients. Because it's not just finding the clients, it's like finding enough clients so you can safely say, okay, I'm going to stop what I'm doing now to focus on that. Because mm -hmm. unfortunately, life has costs and has bills, so we need to be able to pay those in order to transition. To yeah. That. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a freelancer, um, I can calculate my own expenses and stuff. But then when you have people and you pay them, it's like completely different. And I think even mentally, like knowing that if you're not succeeding, you're uh, affecting also people's other people's lives. It's not just you. Like uh, very different. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, and that's also why I understand that the fact that. When you're a boss, when you're a, the boss of the business, you're the owner, mm -hmm. you are taking the biggest risk. So you're not just stressing about your life, you're also stressing about your employees' lives and livelihoods. So I want you to be making the most money in the business. It makes sense. You're making the investment, you are taking the risk. So you are, you are sleepless at night. If, if a client leaves mm -hmm. and doesn't pay us, you're not going to sleep at night because I'm going to take my salary. Yeah. But you have to pay me that salary. I could take you to court if you don't pay me that salary. So I can understand why um, the bosses need to take the biggest piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. But what, what really pisses me off and what I hate is when they get greedy. So like you see companies that they, they, they are having record years and they're having layoffs or like they don't give bonuses. How can you have a record year? and not have give bonus to the employees because they made sure mm. you have the record year. So you should have a huge salary. You should have like your Lamborghini. You should have like a house with a pool. But if you are successful, your employees should be successful. And on a lower yeah. scale, but they should be successful as well. Like you should be taking the biggest piece of the pie, mm -hmm. but don't take the whole pie because yeah. that's not cool. Yeah, I think it goes back to the culture thing. Like... Basically, if they are not, like, if that person doesn't have that culture of being appreci appreciating others of what they have done for him, and he doesn't understand that, that's, it's going to translate to the company as well. Yes, but it's, it's very easy for us to blame it to them and tell them, like, it's, it's mm -hmm. your fault for not appreciating, like, you're, you're don't appreciate them. But it's very, very easy, like, it's extremely easy to fall into, in, into the rabbit hole of, like, it, it, because, try, try to be in their shoes, like try to see things from their perspective. I mm -hmm. get it. Mm -hmm. Like they say, I paid all that money. I found you and hired you. 
I'm taking the risk. I'm the one not sleeping at night every day if we lose a client. I'm the one that all the loans are in my like because if it goes south, like I'm gonna be homeless. Mm. You're just gonna find another job. So I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. So, but that's the thing. That's why it's very important for like the CEOs and all those to, to be human as well. Mm-hmm. Like be good. Like treat your employees how you would treat treat your friends. If you're super rich, you're a billionaire. You would take your friends out, like you, like if the, I'm not saying giving them free money, mm-hmm. but if they came to you with a problem, you would help them. They're your friends, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. So it's the same principle. True. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, going back to the mentor mentorship. Um, actually, should we tell people what mentor cruise is? Because we <laughs> we talk about it, but we didn't explain what mentor cruise. Yeah, it's. Cruise. Absolutely. It's it's a platform that basically facilitates people that want to find a mentor. They are in a career rot or like they want to make a career change or they want to train on something. And they just want someone with more experience to help them and guide them. And there are a lot of mentors in the platform. And then as, as a user, you can go in, you can find like you can search for like graphic design and then top mentors come up or like mm-hmm. digital marketing, Google Ads. SEO, like whatever you want, like business administration, anything, anything. And all the mentors that are there and have that skill listed within the skill set, they mm-hmm. appear and then you can select one, it's monthly subscription, and uh, you get to speak to them and yeah. have the cheat codes. <laughs> the cheat codes. Yeah, it is uh, cheat codes. I will have your link down in the description so people can uh, see your profile and hire you if they want and yeah. speak yeah. to you about marketing and about what else do you offer, I would say, yeah. Anything. So what's normal, I will ask it in another way. What's normally your um, your mentees, your students? So I tend to have three different types of mm-hmm. mentees. The first one are the students. Like they are young, like on the younger side of the, of the, of the age scale. Uh, they either finish in university or like they want to make a, like a career change or they want to go into the go into digital marketing and they don't know how to. So I help them like by expanding the skill set. So I actually train them. This is how we do SEO. This is what a keyword is. Like train them pretty much like training because there are a lot of courses out there that claim to be, oh, you're going to be an expert. They are, mm-hmm. they are bad. They're really bad. Um, so they come and like I have quite a few students that actually did. They paid money to go and do those courses. And then they told me like, yeah, that was, I was useless. I was lost. That's why I wanted someone live, someone on a mm-hmm. one-to-one basis. And that's why they come. The second one, they are professionals. Um, they tend to be like at some point in the career, either early, medium, late, doesn't matter, like some at some point in the career. And they, again, they either want to make a career change from the career they currently have into digital marketing or um, they wanna, you know, they, they wanna get a raise, or like they they wanna start their own business. Like they they wanna make something change in their career. So they are what I characterize like the career rot. Like they are in a in a sticky situation. They wanna change it. So mm-hmm. that's them. And then the third category tend to be like the uh, the entrepreneurs. Let's say. Um, those people tend to like no matter what their background is, they wanna make their own business and they want like career like business advice. How do I do this online? How can I leverage digital to make my business successful? So that's why I said, like, when you ask, like, what are you offering? Anything from career advice to training to business advice to consulting to help them find a job, CV reviews, like uh, resume reviews, like any, anything. Yeah. 
So like from all the levels, basically. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. And because I've been in agencies for more than a decade, I've had the, uh, the chance to work in almost every single industry there is. Mm. So I can help with pretty much everything from, from boring, like steel manufacturing or like uh, garbage bean manufacturing or whatever, mm-hmm. to literal cannibals. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the horror stories. Okay, tell me about that. I'm gonna I'm gonna remember the question I wanted to ask you. <laughs> cannibals, the cannibal story. Yeah. So it was when I was in my first marketing agency, one of my okay. first roles, and uh, one day uh, two people come in in the office. They were dressed quite like you could tell that their suits were expensive. Like they, they smelled like money, sort of thing. Um. They come in. They go into the meeting room for a couple of hours. They leave. Uh, keep note, when they came in, they were holding a duffel bag. Okay. When they were leaving, the duffel bag remained in the boardroom. Oh, no. <laughs> so a lot of money were involved. So basically, the story goes something like this. So quite a few years back in the Czech Republic, uh, there was a cult named the Grail Movement. Okay. So one of their members decided to... So actually, let me explain that. So it was a cult that believed in the literal interpretation of the Holy Bible. Like, stress on the word literal. Okay. So when Jesus said, like, this is my, eat this, this is my body, drink this, this is my blood. Again, literal. (laughs) So one of the members decided to... It was a family, and they chained their two youngest kids in the basement and basically skinned and ate them. Um, the kids are fine. They survived. They lived. But it was a huge scandal. So they got, they got caught. It was a huge scandal. So they chained and, and did this. Of course, as you can imagine, this was on every front page in the whole country and all of Europe almost. Mm-hmm. So the cult had a problem. Everyone searching for the Grail movement, this came up. Not very good PR for the cult. So they decided to try and find a digital marketing agency that would help them push the result back from the first page to Google to the later pages so it wouldn't appear on the first page. They went to Germany, they couldn't find anyone. They went to France, they couldn't find anyone. Then they went to the UK and they found us. So I've worked with real life cannibals. What? And what exactly did you promote? Like, what did you do in that? So we, we created a lot of branded URLs, like the Grail Movement uh, Germany.com, uh, the Grail Movement France.com, the Grail Movement this, the, the message of the Grail Movement.co.uk. Hundreds of, like, branded URLs. And w- back, back then, branded URLs will always rank above anything else. Mm-hmm. So we basically pushed the, the news back from the first page by doing, doing this. Does this still exist? The Grail Movement. I don't. I don't. I know it exists. Like if you Google the Grail Movement, you'll see the, the you'll you'll see the story. Okay. Uh, the websites they still exist. If they're still an active cult, I don't know. I don't want to find out. <laughs> okay. Will you like if you could go back? Will you still work for that? It wasn't my choice. I was just a merely consultant, a mm. junior back then. So. The bosses that decided to work for them, I mean, they should take a good look in the mirror and ask themselves, like, are you a good human? Mm. 
but yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like if it was my agency, I probably wouldn't know. Wow. Yeah. Not even for a duffel bag full of money. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and I have more crazy stories. That's not the only one. Gone. <laughs> what can be more crazy than of this. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that is the top. Yes, that is okay. the top. But I did work for an eccentric billionaire mm -hmm. that uh, wanted to bomb an island. So yeah, he, he, he woke up one day, he said, like, so he, he's a developer, property developer for, in Cape Verde. And uh, he woke up one day, he had like the biggest resort in the African continent. So he woke up one day and he said, I want to go to a club. We don't have a beach club. Let's build one. Within two months, he built a beach club. And then he wanted to promote the beach club. And his idea was to hire a plane, fill the plane with uh, volleyballs, branded volleyballs, fly that above the island and drop the volleyballs to everyone on the island. He literally wanted to bomb the island. Like... Um... Like an advertising thing? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, you've branded volleyballs. Yay. He, that, that would kill people because throwing yeah, a volleyball yeah. from like that high up, it yeah. would kill people. We stopped him. He didn't do that. Yeah. The <laughs> same, the same. That's, that's like, like number two kind of story. Another one is like, so the same guy one day decided, you know what? He woke up. <clears throat> this place is not exotic enough. Let's import some turtles. So he imported sea turtles. So the same guy? The or? same guy, okay. the same guy. So he imported sea turtles. So he imported sea turtles in Cape Verde, which is a developing country. People outside the resorts are starving. So he introduced a foreign predator in the ecosystem, which meant they, they had no competition, the turtles. Mm. So they had started like multiplying. And when they started multiplying, the people started hunting the turtles for meat to eat them. Because as I said, developing country, they were starving. So the uh, like uh, WWF, like uh, the, all the uh, like PETA and everyone got involved. BBC went and did a documentary about saving the turtles in Cape Verde. You can Google that and you can find it. And those okay. are the turtles that the guy imported because he thought, oh, this is not an exotic enough island. So, <laughs> what? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, was this guy from the same company with a cult? No, no, no. Different, different company. Okay. Different company. Like there is never, never a boring day in digital marketing. And what did you do for this guy? Like, what was the job? Oh, everything. We were basically his digital agency, so we did everything. So we made the website for the um, for the Beats Club. We did the websites for his resorts, marketing for his resorts. So everything. We just we learned those stories because we were in the meetings. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, one day they called us in the office and they told us, unplug the phones, go home, don't speak to anyone, and remove any mention of his business from the website. Because apparently they were involved in some uh, pension scandals in the UK. Um, they sued the BBC and they won. What? Okay. Yeah, yeah. When someone can sue the BBC and win, he's got deep pockets. Yeah. I didn't know that marketing could be that crazy. Oh, mm. Mm. <laughs> you you'd be surprised. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, have you ever have you watched the Mad Men the, the series? Uh, I've worked. I watched like a little bit, but I haven't. Like, I didn't really watch the whole series. This is exactly scarily 
like what it is in a marketing agency, even now. Mm -hmm. Like it's so accurate. When I started watching it, I had to stop because I was getting PTSD. Like I was getting stressed because it was like I was in the office. So Mm -hmm. like I stopped like season two, season three. I had to stop because I said like, this is like I'm at work. Like I don't want to be at work. Mm -hmm. And then I, I, I saw the rest of the thing like, quite a few years later, but like, this is extremely accurate. This is exactly what's like to be in marketing. Yeah. I think like I was in an advertising company and most people that like, actually, actually I think all of the people there watched that show and they said the same thing that yeah. it's like very similar even in nowadays. Uh, maybe that's why I, I just watched two episodes or something like that. And then like stopped. Nope. I, but I didn't realize it in yeah, my, like, in nope, my nope, mind. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> that's not for me. No. Um, so I had the question like 10 minutes ago. Okay. I don't remember it. (laughs) (laughs) You can continue telling crazy stories if you want. Well, another crazy story. Like we had a guy like, that's the thing. Those are like the top, the top kind of stories. uh, You cannot top that. Yeah. I mean, okay. Another one. Um, okay. This is, this is still happening. So I'm going to use code names so they don't sue me. Um, so there is a very famous yellow and blue company that focuses on adult content. Mm-hmm. So subscription-based adult content company. Um, and what they, they, they wanted to basically make the change for, like they wanted to change their branding and leave the whole um, adult targeting and focus more like content creation and content creators. Mm-hmm. Um, Originally, we didn't really want to work with them. Like a lot of the employees said, we don't want to touch them because there were a lot of like child trafficking scandals within that okay. platform, uh, which is it's, it's, it's public record. Like people know about this, but again, money talked and we ended up working for them. So like, yes, it can be funny. Like digital marketing can be funny, like working for some funny companies and things like that. But then there are like real ethical questions about who you end up working with. So this is also a fact. Um, we had like the normal stuff. So normal stuff such as like vegan candles and shoes. <laughs> um, we had uh, a guy that was basically selling. So it was, a, it was a family run business and they were selling frozen dog sperm. <laughs> <laughs> What's the use of that? So basically, if your dog was old and and sick or whatever, you could send your dog, like take your dog to their company and they would take the sperm. I don't know how. Okay. Don't ask. We <laughs> never asked. I don't know how. But they took the sperm and they would froze it, freeze it. Uh, so you could then have your dog's babies with another dog, even if the dog was dead. Or like you could go and you could buy dog sperm. Like if you had like a specific like type of dog, like a Dalmatian or something like that, you could get like pure mm. Dalmatian sperm for your female Dalmatian dog. <laughs> and again, I told you, this was the normal kind of clients. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, I think... It- we collaborate I, again. I'm gonna use code name. I'm not going to say any names. We work together for a specific person. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and it was mostly like a collaboration for you. So starting a company with someone else, basically, this is where I'm going. Yeah. Like, what to avoid? What to 
what red flags you can see? That's yeah. that's a very very difficult question because there there are not that many red real red flags because uh, the one okay the one thing they say never start a company with a very close friend of yours or with family members, mm-hmm. and I definitely believe that like I strongly yeah like my seal of approval yeah never do it. Uh, because you're going to end up fighting. Like it's unavoidable and you don't want to fight with your friends and you don't want to fight with your uh, family members. Mm. Like if it's like like, like, Athens, like someone you know, yeah, okay, do it. But no, like your best friend, you and your best friend want to build a company? No, don't do that. Like just, just don't do that. Um, so that's one. Other than that, there are like quite, quite a lot of like financial stuff, like doing your due diligence, making sure that like, uh, where are the funds coming from? What percentages everyone has? Everything needs to be written down very, very, very well. You need to take advice from a solicitor slash lawyer slash accountant. So it's, it's not an easy question to answer unless you know the context and unless you know what's, what's happening. Mm. Because a lot of the, like the answer, almost 99% of the answer depends on the situation. So yes, there are a lot of things that you should be looking into, but it has to do with your own uh, like personal like situation where you where are you financially and where are you as a person and like what do you want for the business? Does your vision match the other person's vision? You need to be agreeing like beforehand like that you want to be doing the same thing and you're going to be doing it in the same way mm-hmm. because otherwise disagreements are going to arise. So there's there's a lot of things, I guess. Then it's not a red flag, but what you should do is like plan everything out to like ridiculous levels of detail mm. before you do it and make sure both of you agree. And no matter how close you are or how you trust them or how much you trust them or anything, everything needs to be in a contract and needs to be legally binding. Yeah. So that would be my advice. That's a good advice, actually. Yeah. 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 Especially with people you know, sometimes you don't think about that. Like, man, we don't need to do have a legal thing. Like, you know, I, I know you. You know me. Yeah, exactly. Start. And 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 just yeah. just to be fair, like this is not because like I had a bad experience in the past, or, but but this is like I know that this is what it should be done. Mm-hmm. And like even then, it you can miss things. So mm-hmm. like go to ridiculous level of details. Just so you know exactly what you're going to be doing, what your responsibilities are going to be, what you're taking out of this, what's the goal, like everything. Like mm. do it to ridiculous levels of detail. Yeah, definitely agree. Yeah. Gonna save you from a lot of pain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and potential like financial. Yeah. yeah. Financial like uh, damages. Mm-hmm. Even your time that you're going to consume on that. Oh. Like, <laughs> I'm hitting a nerve there. Yeah, oh, hundreds <laughs> of thousands of hours. Change the subject then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I remember the, the question. <laughs> okay, go for it. We were talking about mentor crews, uh, about people finding a mentor there. Uh, I'm going to go on the other way because you introduced me to mentor crews, but as a mentor. Yeah. So I got in there just for fun, I will say. And then I got one mentee and I realized it's, like it was something that I was doing like in the YouTube channel, for example, but now it was one-on-one, so I could help them more. And then, I don't know, it started growing. And then once I became a top, uh, top mentor, top so, mentor, yeah, yeah. Uh, I started to get more traffic and I realized that actually you could do that for a living. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, it can be your full-time job. People easily do that for a living. So, uh, yeah, basically the question was to go to the other side, like what people you will, um, first of all, like how should people be a mentor and how they can do that and what people, what kind of people. people. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's a very good question. I would say like mentoring and becoming a mentor is something for people that enjoy giving. Mm. like it's very very important because there are there are people out there oh why should I share my knowledge like let them work hard for it like let, let them do it like how mm. I did it not for them they're not going to be a good mentor uh, it's for people that really enjoy helping others and they really want to create like a community almost in a way and they want to expand the network like as, as a mentor like you're going to have a network because you're going to be someone senior you can be a junior in a mentor like you need to have experience mm-hmm. So you are likely someone that has been in your in your job or in your industry for quite a number of years. You're really good or really passionate about what you do. You really know your stuff. And then you want to share that knowledge. And you want to meet new people. You want to help others. And, and at least in my case, it was because I wanted to be what I didn't have when I needed it. So mm. I wanted to become the person that was missing when I was taking my first steps. And, I, and because I, I, like I said, if I didn't have a toxic job in the beginning of my career, I probably wouldn't have done it mm-hmm. because that's where I learned. I said, I want, I want to improve the world. Like I want to make the world a better place. I want to make sure that my industry is not as toxic. And it's, it's for people that want to be part of the solution. No matter what the solution is, they want to be part of it. So mm-hmm. they want to help others. They want to, you know, like introduce others, like bring more people into their industry. And let's be honest, like, as a mentor, you could literally be mentoring someone that can, in a few months or years or whatever, be your competitor. Mm. Like you could be a, like, a, like, like yourself, like you're a video editor, right? So you do video. The people that you are mentoring right now, in a few years, they might be the ones pitching against you for mm-hmm. a job. Yeah. But that, that, like, it takes a very specific type of person to ignore this fact. And I know, I, knew, I didn't even think about that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> But at the same time, I don't think it's like, even if they are the competitors, I will be in another level, I would say. Like, I, would, I, don't, I, I don't know. Like, I agree. I, I agree. don't like think it's, it's like so much. Like, no, it, it, it is. It, it, you are true. Like, even mm-hmm. if you're going to be your competitor, you're going to be a little bit better than them. But they could be cheaper than you, so they are your mm-hmm. competitor. But in all honesty, I would really absolutely love a mentee of mine to one day be better than me. Mm-hmm. I would love it. I would love it because then I help them do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and then they could help me, mm-hmm. right? So that's, that's the thing. So being like, it's, it's, not, it's not a fear, but not everyone is comfortable. And if that actually brings us back to the original discussion we're having about like the mentality of people, like Greek people trying to bring others down instead of pushing them mm. up. So it's, it's that sort of approach. Yeah. Like, I, I would absolutely love my mentees to, to have better jobs than me. Like, I'm not going to lie. I've helped, I've helped mentees of mine find jobs that pay better than my main job. Okay. <laughs> and I knew that they were making more money than I'm making. I've had mentees that were on the same, like, they were, like, three levels down from what I am knowledge-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, I, would t- I was teaching them to do how to do their job, and they were on more money than I was on. Mm-hmm. I don't care, though. I don't care, yeah, because yeah. at the end of the day, I'm still helping someone, and then... In a year's time, two years' time, you never know. Like, I might, like, need something. Like, oh, can you help me, like, yeah. find me a job? Or, like, I can reach out to them. Yeah. 
and they know that I'm good and I know that they're good. So it just helps make the industry better as a whole. Yeah. But the mentality, you can really like, you need to shift your mentality from like mm-hmm. saying like, I, I don't care if yeah. they do better than me. Mm-hmm. Like they, you, you should want them to make, to do better yeah. than you. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to ever, like when they succeed, they're going to always remember that you were there for them in the beginning and you were like, I don't know, they, they're going to remember how you made them feel and uh, exactly. achieve. So, yeah, it's just it's, like being a parent. Like every single parent wants their yeah. child to, to be better than them. So it's having that, that mentality, mm-hmm. like seeing them like, like your children. You're helping them. You're happy when they are better than you. Mm. And then the children help the parents when yeah. they're older. So that, that's how it works. Like, mm-hmm. And that's how we can make not only like our industries better, but the whole world. Because imagine if tomorrow, like magic, something happened, and then every single human being in the world woke up and said, I want to help others be better than me. <laughs> because like everyone else would want you to do better than them. Mm. as well because that mentality doesn't not just from you to others but it's from others towards you as well so how you help others to do better they would help you do better as well Mm. if that mentality like if we we could do like a bios update in every single human being today (laughs) and they had that mentality tomorrow earth (laughs) would be like 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 paradise that's at least that's my opinion Mm -hmm. so i have a friend that I think he's gonna be a good mentee because actually what you said, he always help others. He, in his industry, he has like 10 years, I think, of experience. So he has a lot of experience, but at the same time, when I told him about being a mentor and stuff, he's afraid of, he's not going to be enough. Like he's afraid of people asking him questions and stuff like that. So for those people that could be a good mentor, but are afraid to start, what advice will you give? get a mentor <laughs> because that's 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 actually very very common like i have mm-hmm. quite a few mentees that they are absolutely brilliant brilliant but they don't believe in themselves mm. and again this is a byproduct about what we we're talking about like other people trying to bring you down and that, that sort of thing and i sound like cheesy oh it's the other other people they want to bring you down like but it is a fact because that's how society works in a way mm-hmm. no no one else other than your parents and your very, 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 very close friends are going to be absolutely happy with you succeeding. Mm-hmm. Like everyone is like, oh yeah, good job. Yeah, bravo. Like you buy a new car. Like, oh yeah, bravo. And inside they wish they had the car. Mm. So it's very, very difficult to, to, to foster like the kind of mentality that says, okay, I know my stuff and I can help others. So the advice I give, by the way, this is called the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. So it's extremely common. I suffered from it during my first, like uh, when I was making my first steps into management Mm -hmm. and it's extremely common. And the advice I always give to anyone that says, oh, I have imposter syndrome or I don't know I'm good enough. What I say is like, look back, like stop, Mm -hmm. turn 180 degrees and look at your past. What have you achieved? Do you have a degree? Yes. Do you have a master's degree? Yes. Like, Like look at what you have achieved as a person. Even if you don't, it doesn't matter. But I'm saying, like, look at your achievements. Mm -hmm. Even if they are very, very small, like uh, waking up in the morning. Because there are people that are suffering from depression or, like, other mental uh, challenges. And for them, even waking up in the morning can be a challenge. Mm -hmm. But if you look back, like, if you are alive and you look back, like, your life is full of success. Like, even, doesn't matter how small or how big it is, 
like it's success. Mm-hmm. So if you look back and you look at everything you have succeeded in your past, like in the past day, in the past month, in the past year, you don't need to be comparing yourself with others. You need to compare yourself, your present self, with your past self. Like, are you better yeah, than yeah, your yeah. past self? Mm-hmm. And always, like 100% of the time, the answer is yes. Because you're always a day older and you always have more experience. So you know more than you did the day before. So the answer is always yes. So how you deal with the imposter syndrome is like, look at your successes, see like what you have achieved, no matter how big, no matter how small, and accept it. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's, it's, we, we live in, in, a, in, a, in a society that it's so difficult to even tell to yourself like, good, you did good today. Like look at the mirror and tell yourself like, you did good today. Like today was good. Mm-hmm. Like you did bravo, yeah. that sort of thing. We, and if, you, if you're not able to tell yourself that you have been successful with what you've done, it's going to be impossible for you to feel confident enough to go into such a position. So you need, like, it, but at the same time, I don't want to make it sound like you need to be arrogant because there's a difference between accepting mm. your success and like saying I'm, I'm successful than being arrogant. Mm-hmm. That's a different, like the other end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of arrogant mentors because they say, oh, I'm the best. So I'm going to be a mentor <laughs> because I know better than anyone else. Mm. They don't make good mentors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the important thing in order to overcome this problem is accepting your successes and looking at what you have achieved and saying, that's enough. Like, not, not to step you do more, but like, that's enough to be able to share with others. Because you're not going to mentor someone. Like, if you have five years of experience or 10 years of experience, you're not going to mentor Elon Musk. You're not going to mentor <laughs> like Bill Gates. Yeah. They don't need your mentoring. But you're going to mentor people that maybe are doing the very first steps. Mm-hmm. Even if you're a consultant, you could mentor a junior. Yeah. You could mentor a high school student and wants to go into digital marketing. So there is always people you can mentor. Mm-hmm. It's just accepting that you're good enough for who you are. You're going to be better in the future. But for now, that doesn't mean you're not good enough now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think like people that are earlier in their career can help people that are also like also in the start of their career. Absolutely. Like if you are in the business for 10, 15 years, you forgot how it was in the beginning. So it's more difficult to help those people. Like if you are five years in the business, then it's, you're closer to that uh, beginning. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, what I'm say- that's why I'm saying that no matter who you are, where you are, you need to know your stuff. Like you need, like, don't go mentoring someone in, I don't know, Python or development if you're not a developer because yeah, you're yeah. not going to be successful. But that doesn't mean you can mentor someone on something. Like almost everyone in a way could be a mentor. Mm-hmm. Mentor tends to be people with more experience, with quite a few years of experience, but that doesn't mean that uh, anyone else, if you, like, you need to be a senior with a decade of experience to become a mentor. Mm-hmm. Even if you're a junior, like you've been in a business for six months, you could mentor someone that is only joining the business right now, like with mm-hmm. the basics. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like answering questions is a way of mentoring. Just remember now, you had the sushi restaurant here in Greece mm. when you come back. And I do miss, <laughs> like it was the best sushi in Athens, I think. I do miss that whenever I want to eat sushi. Yeah, yeah. Um, I miss it as well because I haven't had sushi in a while. And you sell that business basically. Yeah. And I think you said your wife had also other restaurants in China or something like that. Yes, yeah, yeah. She had like a eight, nine restaurants in Shanghai, in okay. Chengdu, in Guangzhou. Like she had like, yeah, yeah. But- all those are in the past. Yeah, what I wanted to ask you about the difficulties. I think this is going more towards people in Greece, 
but maybe there's other countries that had similar things. Like the main things that made you say, I'm going to sell my business here in Greece. I'm going to start working again with the UK, all those stuff. Well, I think I, I don't think it's it's a worldwide problem. It's more of a Greece problem, mm-hmm. and it was taxation and it was like costs and everything. Because unfortunately, in Greece, Greece is not catered towards people that want to start a business or be a successful business. Mm-hmm. It's it's structured like the whole country and the system is structured in a way that in order for you to succeed, you need to have a big capital. You need to be part of the of the gang in a mm-hmm. way, like know people that can help you do things, that sort of thing. If you are outside of that club, mm-hmm. you're not going to be successful. And like, for example, like we had the restaurant, it was, it was doing okay. Like we were not like, we were not like super rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were not like, like fully booked or anything, but we, we, we were making like, like at least four, four, like uh, four digit numbers per day. Yeah. And so it was, doing, I remember it was like five stars on Google. Yeah. It, it was, was doing like, it was, yeah, like lower, uh, yeah. people loved our food. We had people like from other side, like from Piraeus, like from the other side of Athens okay. driving because we didn't, didn't do delivery down there. They would drive oh. to the restaurant to order, to pick it up and then go back. We wow. had people that they would order food for like their Christmas parties, like huge orders. So it was doing well, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you like four digits per day sort of thing in mm-hmm. uh, income. But at the end of the day, our profits were next to zero. Yeah. Mm. So after paying a single employee and after like, because that's the thing in Greece, if you want to be successful, you need to tax evade. Mm-hmm. It's the rule. So we were not tax evading. We did not. I said like, I came in Greece with a UK mindset and I said, I'm going to do everything legally. All the employees we're going to have, we're going to pay them exactly what they deserve, exactly what the law says. We're going to do everything by the law. Everything. Mm-hmm. No profits. Yeah. So we ended up working like 12, 13, 14 hours per day. So we can barely like, so, we, so at the end of the month, we would stress out, do we have enough money to pay the rent? Yeah. Do we have enough money to buy the ingredients we need in order to run the restaurant? So our employees were making way more money than we were. So Okay. So at, at that point, like we said, okay, it's, it makes no sense. We, we just need to sell it. And then yeah. my wife, she went, she's a sushi chef. So she became a sushi chef in another restaurant. Mm-hmm. Now she's making way more money than what, like. That's like, crazy. Yeah, because we're literally talking about zero. So we had the rest for yeah. about a year, year and a half. And the profits were like less than, total profits, less than 5,000. Yeah. I remember that as a freelancer, basically, in Greece. And I had the same mentality from my father that always pay your taxes, always be like, you know, yeah, by yeah. the book and everything. So I did the same thing. And at the end of the day, it's exactly that. Like your profit is like nothing. nothing. It's like 10%. Like the things that you should pay for taxes is the thing that you keep for yourself, basically. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I also ended up moving <laughs> outside of Greece for my business, basically. Um, as a freelancer so yeah that's crazy and I think the most crazy part is that most people will look at your income and not your profit so they'll think like you're making so much money nope but in the end of the day yeah it's like nope that's the thing like if, like you say oh I'm a restaurant owner I own my own restaurant like oh mm-hmm. look at it it's so fancy and it's a sushi <laughs> restaurant I'm drowning in money no who didn't even pay rent hmm so like, that's the thing, like if I, and that's the thing, I was working on another job at the same time, full time in the yeah. UK. So I had my salary from the UK so we could afford to live, to exist 
if I didn't have the other job, we literally would be homeless yeah. because we had zero profit. How could we make profits? We could increase the prices and basically force people to pay way more than what they should, like inflate the prices. But that wouldn't be fair to the customers. Mm-hmm. We could tax evade. Mm-hmm. We could uh, take advantage of our employees and start like taking advantage of having them stay overtime or like not paying them for like like the the bonus, like the Easter bonus or the Christmas bonus. If we did all those things, yes, we would have some money. Again, we wouldn't be rich, but we would at least have a reason to keep the restaurant. But at the end of the day, we said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, it goes against my ethos. So, yeah. nope. Yeah, basically, it's like forcing you to be like a bad person in order you to survive. You don't have another basically. option. You don't yeah. have another it's option. It's crazy that you said that your wife now is making, making more money as an employee than being the owner of the Oh, by far. It's like crazy. By (laughs) far. By far. Okay. Yeah, and I'm telling you, the only reason why other other restaurants, because I I know that for a fact now, Mm -hmm. the the reason why other restaurants make money is because they are either tax evading or because they are are cooking the system, basically. So yeah, Mm -hmm. word of advice. If you want to do a business, do not do it in Greece. No, run, run away. I agree. <laughs> if you're run a freelancer, away. I have a video about that. <laughs> Go check it out. I that would like your video on that was extremely helpful. The one like yeah. how to set up a business in Estonia okay. and everything. Like, yeah, very Thanks. good. Thank you. But if you're like a restaurant or stuff like a big owner, I don't know what. To do. Like if you're a freelancer, that's it. Yeah, option, because once yeah. when you have a physical presence in the country, you need to have a company in the yeah, country. Yeah, yeah. So. Restaurants and retailers, unfortunately, <laughs> not for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so most people in this, like listeners and viewers, I think they're creatives, designers, stuff like that. Is there any advice that you could give them in terms of marketing, like how to market themselves as designers, for example? This actually brings us back to the very, very first thing we said at the beginning of the podcast about storytelling. Hmm. So what people are buying now is the story. It's the person. Like because anyone can design your logo. Not just anyone. ChatGPT can like like, yeah. like all the AI systems. They can create your logo. They can create like stunning graphics, mm-hmm. right? But what they cannot replace is the story side of thing. Like like who are you? Who have you worked with? Your experience, your connections. Because this also like ties in very well with the whole Web3 communities and mm-hmm. like the web, web web three just for our listeners, which is basically the whole crypto side and NFT, which is web one was like publishing things on the internet and being able to read them. Mm-hmm. Um, web two was public like publishing things on the internet, but being able to interact with them, like commenting, social media. That's web two, and web three it's doing the first two, but also owning part of it. Mm-hmm. So and how web three and the NFT and the crypto world and all that works is our own communities building communities and having a very strong story like why should i like it's answering the the question why why should i hire you why should i invest in you why should i trust you more than the ai sort of mm-hmm. thing so my like my advice to any any creative or like content creator uh is work like on your storytelling like make a story like who are you and why should people care and like why are you unique why why should they use your services or why should they be interested in what you have to say? 
Mm-hmm. And you are the only one that can answer that. You're the only one that can answer that. So it's 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 that. Like for example, like I know. For example, I'm gonna take you as an example, right? Because mm-hmm. I like I've I've been following all your videos for a while. Like the reason, like your why is like you are extremely good with content creation. Like you are very good. Like your videos, like your your transitions or the intros or your videos, they are exceptional. Thanks. And that's 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 your why. And that's the thing. Like why would why should someone follow you? Because you have that creative mindset that can create those things and then you can also help them do it for themselves. Hmm. Like I remember that intro you did like with the video, with the, the cardboard box, brilliant. So that's, that's the reason why. There are other people, so there are quite a lot of other content creators out there. Their why is because they're a digital nomad and they're going around the world. And what, there are thousands. So why this specific one, for example? Because they're doing it on a budget or like they have a unique take on like a unique like spin on what they're doing and what they're selling. And that, that is the reason why they have the followers. Because unfortunately, if you ask me, we live in the day of like information, in the age of information. So no matter what you want, there are hundreds of millions of people out there that have already done it. Yeah. So how do you compete with that? You be yourself and you do everything like effortlessly and in a unique way. It does, you don't need to sit down and like think like, oh, how should I spin this? How you, it needs to come natural. Like when you be yourself, that's that's how you 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 get the um, the, the following and the engagement and all of that. That's an amazing answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a perfect way to close the podcast. Uh, that was Good. beautiful. Um, where people can find you? What's the best place to contact? Uh, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Definitely LinkedIn, Mentor Cruise, and mm-hmm. I also have a website. So because once I started doing my uh, mentoring stuff, like I, I did like a website which is web uh, webmarketingmentor.com. Like it's nice and yeah, branded. Nice. So yeah, well, I'm gonna give you the link so we can put yeah, it down. Yeah, I remember your comments. website. Actually, it looks pretty neat. It's uh, very cool. Yeah, very simple and, and I straight like to it's the point. Focusing to the mentoring, it's like yeah, this is it. Um, you're not complicated with marketing or other stuff. It's Nope. Mentoring. Just mentoring. So, yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. I will have all your links down Perfect. in the description. Some people can check you out. Good. Yeah. Thank you for being in the podcast, man. It's that an absolute great. pleasure. I love talking about myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it wasn't about yourself. It was like really helpful, I think, all the things you said for other people. Good. <laughs> Glad I could help. Awesome. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thanks again to Magic Mind for sponsoring this video. And thank you for staying until the end. I'll see you in the next episode.